Welcome to Urban Bitch Tourism with Amber and Veronica, as well as our many wonderful guests. podcast. We are going to be discussing the varied experiences of living in Spain we have had, along with touching on belonging as it relates to sense of place with our amazing guests, Eric and Dinara. They will be joining us from the north of Spain or the northeast, and we are, as you know, settled here in the south in Sevilla, so we'll be having a great talk about kind of the nitty-gritty of what it is to transplant somewhere as you're moving around, how you kind of cultivate belonging, how you create patterns for yourself, make connections. And honestly, we talk a little bit about this concept of sense of place, which relates to, you know, the culture, the locals, the community, kind of the landscape, architecture, uh, the vibes, the energy. All of this kind of connects in terms of how you see yourself in a place. So we look forward to diving into this and hope that you can also have your own reflections in the process on what it means to make a place be home and, you know, dig into a little bit of what we've been doing here this year, especially in Spain. We are coming to you live from a tapas bar here in Sevilla near the Setas with our guests Eric and Dinara. And we will be talking about our topic this week a uh, sense of belonging and how do you feel when you're traveling, if it's your place or not. And especially focused on this destination of Spain and our many different experiences of it. So stay tuned for our wonderful episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Urban Bitch Tourism. <laughs> this is Amber and Veronica here with our special guests who this week, as we've introduced, are Eric and Dinara. And we're just going to kind of get started talking about our experiences in Spain. So does anybody want to start with where in Spain you've either visited or lived? Eric, please share. Uh, hi. Hi. Um... <laughs> First of all, thank you, Amber and Veronica, for uh, having us for your podcast. So, I've been mainly living, not mainly, I've only lived in Catalonia region of Spain. Mm-hmm. So, it's... It's a crema catalana! The, oh, it's our sponsor! And, yeah, we were honored guests here, obviously, and they got us crema catalana, and which we are very thankful for. So, okay, going to the main point. So, I've been, until this point, I've been only living in uh, Catalonia. I lived in Girona for my studies and then I moved to Barcelona to figure out my future and then meanwhile I traveled to some coastal destinations and then only now I visited the south of Spain, beautiful city and Cardoba or Carbonara, however <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I guess we'll Different go. interpretation. I, I believe Dinara has more experience outside Catalonia, so... Amazing. Mm. Not that much, but... 
Uh, yes, uh, same as Eric. Um, Catalonia. And thanks to Girona, thanks to Barcelona for having us. <laughs> uh, recently, I have visited uh, some major cities in the Basque country, and right now I'm sitting in a lovely apartment. In Sometimes sunny Sevilla. Very nice. Fake news. And I'm having a lovely time here, but I also really appreciated my time being in uh, the north of Spain and in Catalonia region. Amazing. Veronica, you've had some experiences in other parts of Spain, right? Yes, since I started learning Spanish, it was kind of my dream to go to Spain, experience the culture, immerse myself. And at first I experienced it as a tourist and then as semi-local, the concept that we introduced last time. Uh, so as semi-local I can uh, talk about myself in Catalonia, because we were there all together. And now here in Andalusia, in the south of Spain, and I had some very small semi-local experience in Galicia region as well, which I loved a lot and I was lucky not to experience any rainy weather, which is typical for that region. And uh, yes, and mainly tourist destinations such as Madrid, uh, the area around Madrid and all historical places I was lucky to visit. And Galicia is also in the north, right? Yes, okay. close to Portugal. Okay. So a lot of variety. The first time I came to Spain was Barcelona five years ago, six years ago maybe. And then also with my fellow friends and classmates in Girona. Visited Barcelona a lot during the summer and I was staying in Terrassa, so kind of the more rural area of Catalonia, which was quite cool. And then now, yeah, basically in Sevilla, in the Andalusia region, traveling around a little bit. I did visit Madrid, but very briefly, and it was hot, hot summer, so I was <laughs> mostly taking shelter in the shade. But I'm curious, what are maybe the main differences you guys have noticed between even North and Southern Spain? Because we've been in different regions, but what do you feel about that? south you go, the more chill people are, <laughs> and um, in case of Basque country I felt like those people were kind of more serious, which you can also observe this uh, trend across Europe, the, the, the more you go to the north, the more like, you, we've all been to Denmark, <laughs> and we saw like how people behave in the street. And the same kind of trend I noticed when comparing north to south. And um, the weather also affects people a lot. Mm -hmm. You can see that. I'm also curious, like when it comes to foods, because I think, I, I, I don't want to say if it's wrong, is it 17 regions in Spain? Autonomous regions? Let's put it in that ballpark range because I did look into it a little bit, but off the top of my head, I'm guessing it's the number, but- We need the help of Google. <laughs> yes, let's see if we can get some fact checkers in here just to be accurate. 
but there are a lot of different regions and each of those has very distinct culture or vibes even if you're looking in the north or the south different regions so it is something that i think especially since we all have had a chance to live in catalonia you saw the distinct culture there and the vibes there and then you get to see more um, different ones in different parts of the country which is pretty cool but I guess I'm curious, what was something about Catalonia that drew you to stay in that region since you two have both decided to settle there and we flew away to the south? <laughs> well... Uh, I think... <laughs> Sorry. Do you tell. <laughs> no, I think that's more of a personal preference because... Um, I'm, I'm a person who likes vibrant cities, I'm a person who likes motion, who is restless herself. So I've, I resonated with Catalonia in this sense. Uh, maybe not Girona, because Girona was quite tranquil, to be honest. But then whenever I visited Barcelona, it kind of even like mesmerized me in some way. Uh, this motion, this non-stop activity going on in any kind of way, um, either business or leisure or whatever kind of activity you can find there any any day, any time of the day, so that kind of attracted me. That makes sense, kind of like the big urban hustle yeah. and a lot of, as we've seen from both of your guys' experiences, many activities, nightlife, really cool, op <laughs> cool opportunities to enjoy. But what about you, Eric? Uh, for me, it was... I asked myself this question many times why I chose to stay in Barcelona and uh, I think I found the answer to that because I myself am this very... too much discipline, I would say and I always knew that I need to be more chill about some things and I needed to be in a culture which promotes being chill, which promotes being not stressed, uh, which promotes going with the flow. And I wanted to live in this culture to change myself and to help to change myself. Also, of course, well, I wanted to improve my Spanish. That's why that was the reason I wanted to stay in Spain. In Catalonia, specifically. Well, <laughs> a little challenging. <laughs> still, I mean, better than in other countries. I mean, Spanish, Spanish is the most spoken language in the world, so it's... Ooh, uh, fact checker? I'm not sure about <laughs> that. Fact um, checker? I think of the Chinese and Hindi, maybe? Yes. But let's just say it's a widely spoken language in the world, in many countries. Ah, uh, I think it's the second one. <laughs> the third one. <laughs> <laughs> Agree to disagree here at the and table. Also, <laughs> and also, Barcelona is a destination like... It has like it has beach, it has urban activities, it has nightlife, as uh, you already discussed. Urban beach destination. <laughs> that. Urban nightlife beach destination. And uh, you can meet a lot of people, you can do a lot of things, you can feel safe, you can feel well not safe. <laughs> well we can talk about safety. Say someone who's, whose properties got stolen there. <laughs> yes, very, very safe. Yeah. I'm curious, okay, so Veronica, what are what are your feelings about Barcelona? You've been there a few times, right? 
Well, I tried to be there as less as possible, honestly. <laughs> no, when I visited for the first time as a tourist, I really enjoyed it. All the architecture of Gaudi, I was impressed. It was one of my first trips abroad. But to live there, and also like, I'm from a big city, and I'm so tired of crowds, mm -hmm. and I've always wanted to find this perfect feed. Like, there is so much things to see and to do, but th at the same time, there wouldn't be like, oh, too many people, and I can like, have a walk, any park, and not like, to push people around me. So, and I think severe is such a destination that would meet my expectations in this regard. Wow, surprise, you settled here. By <laughs> <Yes>. while, <laughs> permanently, temporarily. Can I elaborate? <laughs> yes, sure. So, talking about Gaudia, I just remember another motivation. Some people know, and I'm sure some of the listeners know about this because I told this to some people. So, another reason that I always wanted to go to Barcelona when I was at school, our English teacher did some presentations about Gaudi architecture, and it was always a dream for me to see this in real life, what Gaudi did. And yeah, I'm like, I'm truly amazed. And yeah, just to see Gaudi is like another big reason why I would choose to stay in this city. Another, I would say, yeah, architecture in Barcelona is absolutely beautiful. I mean, I think I one of the countries yes. where you can find the most of world heritage sites in the world. Ooh, <laughs> is that for Spain or is this? Yes, wow. Okay. Was that fact checked? Uh, I'm not sure, but like one of those countries. Okay. <laughs> one of those countries with a lot of cultural yeah. heritage from our expert here at the table. I would say, yeah, Barcelona is somewhere that I actually, I think I've now visited about 10 times now that I was thinking through the count. And a lot of it was this year, yeah, this past year. And I really liked living in proximity to the city because it was kind of fun. If you're like 45 minutes or a couple, you know, a couple hours away, I also enjoyed going, like commuting, coming in for a day trip, doing an overnight in some crazy hostel or something and then, going out and enjoying the city. So it did feel, I mean, we were also there in summer and I was definitely there in, in some of the summer. The difference in seasons was quite big, in my opinion. Like the fall, I was like, oh, this isn't even how I picture this city. I picture it as a summer destination. As you guys have settled into the city what have you found most helps you feel at home there or what are things that you kind of want to do in order to make the city feel like home who <laughs> <laughs> starts that's just talking for me first <laughs> well it, it is indeed hard to settle in barcelona because you feel like the city's uh, like initially trying to reject you, mm, trying exactly. to push you out, trying to kick you out of their system. At least that's what I, that's the impression I had uh, when I just moved in. Not even that. Before moving, before tr oh. trying to find the accommodation was already uh, a big like no-no from Barcelona. <laughs> Don't come to me. Um, whenever like. There are lots of challenges um, that you have to overcome before you start feeling like you belong there. And uh, um, 
in my case, I try to uh, find a place a little, a little bit outside of the city center to not always be overwhelmed by the flow of tourists on the streets or by the noise or by you know, garbage on the streets and uh, you know find my little cozy place where I can calm down <laughs> from all this hustle that is going around all the time. Um, yeah. Well, just yeah to also confirm the fact about being rejected from the very beginning, like we were trying to find accommodation together, it, it was just impossible. It seems like the city was like, you are not supposed to be here, but of course we wanted. We stayed there in eventually, not as we planned to. <laughs> and uh, to answer Amber's question, what would uh, make us feel, make destination feel home for us? <laughs> I think. For that, you have to do your main activities there. By main activity, I understand you either have to go to university there, or you have to work there, or you have to have your family, partner there, friends. Well, we have some friends, which is which actually uh, we are grateful to have each other, because I don't know what would be if we were just alone there. And I agree also that we need to find our our cozy corner where we can just be by ourselves without thoughts far from that crazy crowds but also it's good that sometimes you can go crazy yourself the city gives you the opportunity (laughs) (laughs) no true I feel like that that whole aspect of putting down roots kind of connects to some of these things like finding the spots that give you peace in this new city or yeah, your main activities, however you define them, being like, oh yeah, if I have a job here or a partner or friends, then I'm feeling more at home. I know we've had the similar experience of kind of trying to make this city feel like home, which I know for you, Veronica, since you'd previously been here, how easy do you feel like it was to call Sevilla home? I don't know, but I think like from the very beginning, once I visited it, I felt like, oh, that's like a cool place to stay longer. Well, I thought the same about Girona, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I guess you never know until you try, so you have to experience it, and then you can say for sure, oh, this this might be my home. I feel I feel comfortable here. I still do, so <laughs> I think it was a good choice of mine to live here. And for now, I love everything here, so I hope you can say the same. (laughs) (laughs) I would actually say that I've been thinking that a lot lately, of feeling like it's very easy to call this place home. I guess we've been here about two Mm months-ish, and you guys have been in Barcelona two and a half. Um, And I feel like I've noticed... I don't know, I feel like I've been here much longer than that in some ways. And I, I also... Yeah, there's a lot of aspects that brought me here, which aren't always the same, you know. It's been raining all month, and that's not what I expected in the south, like this far south. But I do feel like going around, I feel much more comfortable. But I know like in that first month, month and a half, I just always try to remind myself wherever we move, like I always have that feeling, you know, even if you like certain things about a place, because you're in transition phase, it's like, you feel very rootless or you're like, oh, I don't know anybody here. And that can kind of go on for a longer amount of time too. Um, 
also just your expectations. I think we've talked a little bit how we've met some, a few people here and we've, you know, now we've sort of started doing like little tapas night things, which are fun. But even that, like, I have to remind myself at least that like, oh, you don't move to a new city and automatically have a whole social network. And even those people you do meet with aren't like, you know, you don't know them deeply yet because you're just getting to know each other. So I think, I actually am curious, with Barcelona, do you feel like as a city there are a lot of people to meet? Or what are the dynamics that you've noticed? Or, I mean, maybe you're just still trying to settle in because we have a lot on our plates. Well, yes, definitely there are a lot of opportunities to meet new people in uh, Barcelona. But I think if I now say my opinion, it's, it's very subjective and it's uh, very personal. Mm -hmm. For some people it's easier to make friends faster, for some it takes more time. So of course, me personally, I met a lot of new people, but it was just a short talk overnight over some drinks and then after it yeah we didn't keep in touch as you said we didn't make these deep connections mm. it takes time to make these deep connections and sometimes when you are overwhelmed by other things you don't really want to put too much effort into it so as you said it depends on the on your stage of your life if you're doing some transition or something but I believe in general yeah Barcelona is a place where you can meet a lot of people make friends but I think it's the best place to make deep connections. Mm. Yeah, just as we discussed the other day, Barcelona is about for commitments, for many guys. <laughs> well, depends on the person. <laughs> In general. Say <laughs> someone in a committed relationship. Right. <laughs> uh, well, I feel that it's rather easy to make connections, but yes, as I said, you never know whether it's going to be a short-term one or actually a stable long-term one um, because it's so fluid in Barcelona people come and go all the time you might easily find uh, connections even locals but then the other they might leave the next day <laughs> anywhere else you never know and uh, for me, uh, like I could recommend one thing, uh, recommended actually by our dear Paul. Uh, <laughs> she, <laughs> she recommended the Facebook group uh, designated specifically for female tourists, which is called Girl Run International, and it is presented in most of the cities. Um, and Barcelona has one too. And this is a great way to find uh, like-minded people, uh, for female people, <laughs> uh, to meet up with, to have any kind of activity uh, with. They, they offer a wide variety of activities, either hiking or going to the museum or surfing or paddling, uh, yoga, retreat, any kind of, or just drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so all types of social activities, which is fine. No, I'm wondering, like, for here we also have some, yeah, Facebook groups we kind of look at. It's tricky because things don't always go as planned. For instance, we've tried multiple times to go to trivia night. <laughs> and every time, well, 
Veronica, what happened? Just first? don't trust Manta. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Good old Meta. Yes, that's old Meta. Uh, no, I mean, like, yes, it was announced that there was supposed to be a concert in one bar. So, we, no, at first it was trivia. Mm-hmm. So, we gathered so as to have trivia, but it was a concert. And the second time, <laughs> it was nothing. So, we just had some drinks in an empty bar. But anyway, we had fun and. Uh, Thanks to Amber, because she was proactive, and I guess, like as Eric mentioned, you really need to put a lot of effort, so as to keep in touch, also I can kind of motivate people to socialize, because that's so easy, especially if it's a big, vibrant place, like Barcelona, and everybody so busy all the time with their stuff, so it's one thing. Here, maybe it's a bit easier, on, like, on, on the other hand, it's... Uh, Touristic place. That's that's what I was gonna say too. I think both Sevilla and Barcelona have that where it's even if you meet someone who's cool, they might be leaving next week. Like there's there's just so many tourists or people for a month internship or here for a job for a week to do some meetings. So it can be very tricky if you're trying to transplant somewhere and actually meet people who are there for the same amount of time. So now that you've been able to spend a couple of days in Sevilla, and also you had this opportunity to travel to Cordoba. <laughs> um, what what Cordoba? Oh, Cordoba? 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 <laughs> Many different interpretations of the name. But what do you think of these two big cities, like the Andalusian feel? And yeah, what are I guess what are your favorite things about the cities you've seen since being here? I was very impressed by flamenco dances, yes. <laughs> both in just the Plaza de España and in the flamenco bar. Even though I felt like it's more done by the four tourists, mm-hmm. uh, but you can still see the passion that the dancers dance with, the passion the musicians play with. Um, so. Maybe because of that, I feel like Andalusian people are kind of passionate. Mm-hmm. They are, they are smiley and they are very friendly. Mm-hmm. What about you? Well, I agree and I share the same thought that I was impressed by the dancer that they put so much passion in that. It just shows that they are passionate about their own culture to keep it to. Transfer it to the next generations, mm-hmm. so that's very much appreciated. Because sometimes you watch a dance and it's so boring, but this you watch and you don't only see a dance, you see an actress in the middle being passionate about something she is doing, and the same musicians. Yeah, yeah, people are nice. I don't know what else I can add. Maybe the reason that uh, Sevilla seems so nice to us is that. We are hosted by Veronica <laughs> and Amber. <laughs> like, you know, this feeling of home because, mm-hmm. yeah, feeling of home is also important. Because today we're Gar- Bo- Cordoba. <laughs> yes, Cordoba. <laughs> we were in Cordoba. It was like, it was amazing. First of all, it was so beautiful. Mixture of. Uh, also, I was amazed by how they can mix the Islam with Christianity in that uh, mosque. It was like astonishing. 
but it was raining and we were like wet, we were cold, and you come home and you're welcomed by warm food, by shower, by smiles, and you know that gives you this feeling of home, this feeling of belonging, kind of. That's why I think Serbia will always be special for us. Oh. We didn't, of course, explore much. I think if I lived there for two months, I could say more. But also, the first time I came to Sevilla, I was like, this reminds me of Ljubljana, and all of us have lived there. Mm. So maybe that's the reason that also subconsciously we think that this is more like close to our heart. Interesting. It's funny because I've lived in Ljubljana twice, as most listeners have heard before. But I actually don't, there's one region I associate with LJ, which is the uh, Macarena district with the, all the art and kind of the cafe scenes. But otherwise I would never think of the city when thinking of the rest of Sevilla. So I also, I think this concept of like where you've been and how you associate yes. is also really interesting because you can visit a lot of cities and depending on where you've been before, you do tend to say, oh, this reminds me of Madrid and this city, or oh, this is just like Barcelona. So I feel like that's kind of a cool aspect as well. In some cases, like this sense of place or sense of belonging can be looking at, like for instance, a city and how much it represents that. So, you know, how much they're in touch with the local community and the sense of history there, the landscape, the kind of feel or architecture. But the other part is kind of what you touched on, which is more about the people and connections. So I'm kind of curious, we've all been in this program where we've been traveling a lot. What aspects of belonging have you found as we've moved like maybe four times in the last year and a half? Um, what is like for you, what what parts of belonging have come up during this journey? Well, uh, that's what I noticed, just looking at myself, that doesn't matter where I am, just like in some time I can feel like, oh well, I know like where the supermarket is, where the nearest shops and the area, the park, and I feel as if I was at home. So it doesn't really matter what is the place, I can like look at Google Maps, yeah, the, the other thing is like it's all about people. It doesn't matter like where you are, but if you have like good friends there, you, you still feel like you're at home. For me, the, the point when you, uh, you settle down and uh, feel like you're able to do things that actually make you happy, actually you can um, you know a little bit distance from uh, administrative stuff you know settling unpacking uh, figuring out which is the which is the closest supermarket what are the prices what are the commuting situations after all of that when you find finally the moment when you can actually enjoy something you love to enjoy um, reading a book uh, by the window or going for a jog or any kind of things that make you a little bit more happy during the day that's when I feel like I might belong here at least there is a thought that I might belong here mm -hmm. I guess I cannot add much more to this I will just summarize I think that's just 
the like summary of what both of them said. You figure out the administrative stuff. You figure out the nearest shops. You have your, you know, where you go for what, and then you have uh, people around. It's also about people, but again, it for me it mostly comes down to the main activities mm-hmm. because I never thought about this. I never had this thought because in the three cities I was living before, I had my main activity. I had to go to university there, mm-hmm. but now that I don't, that's when I start to question: Do I belong here? But maybe I believe. <laughs> you promise. No, that's actually an interesting point as well because this aspect of you know, for instance, if you think before you started traveling and you were home or wherever, wherever your city was that was home, it's like you have your main schedule, your routine, the roles, the identity you kind of fulfill to the people around you. But when you're on the move, even with friends, or or when you start somewhere new by yourself, like suddenly your roles kind of change, and it's very flexible. It's almost up to you to define what you're meant yes. to do. And I think that's come a lot since we are in, we have been in the university setting, and we've kind of moved to just like self-organized things for thesis, for future stuff, for current stuff. How do you find? the best ways to balance that would you say or what are ways you would like to maybe balance that all of it as you're adjusting to your new new temporary home permanent home however it may be well definitely routine helps like you said uh, schedule the day helps a lot when you kind of devote either early morning or evening or afternoon to for example studying or devoted to mental health of course mm-hmm. that shouldn't be neglected and maybe socializing is also a crucial part of the day that has to be there I agree with all the parts socializing taking care of your mental health deciding when you do what when you do groceries when you study when you do work stuff whatever so I believe it's just the proportions these activities are different for different people mm-hmm. and the timing is different, the order. Yeah, it, it all comes down to routine and self-discipline. Interesting. Sometimes, well, you also have to go with the flow, you cannot plan too much. I would say, like, on my side, it's a but lot about... But some planning is needed, definitely. Ooh, planning. Okay, definitely. wow, I'm curious to hear. <laughs> oh, you're asking the right person, because I hate planning. <laughs> Any sort of planning. <laughs> So for me, it's either I work non-stop or I don't do anything non-stop. Mm. There is no balance. Because if I try to make this balance, I'm the full apart. So I have to like immerse myself into something. One or the other. Yeah. I feel like for me, it's also been kind of routine is important for sure. And I need to be better at that as well. But it's also mindset. Like, I think in many ways, I'm trying to release expectations I have of myself of what I should be doing. Because I think in some ways, especially when you're in a cool place and maybe you have family or friends from other places who are, you know, checking in or asking, you're like, oh, I barely even remembered that I live here because I'm just like trying to get my work done, chilling, meeting people. It's It's like, in some ways I like to have, or I want, what I want to do is maybe since we're kind of, we've been here a couple months, we'll be here for longer. 
I want to have kind of at least like maybe once a week I go out and push myself to go explore more or do something new because sometimes it's easy for that to just like fall through. But we were talking recently with some people we know here who are new friends about just like what, you know, why do we expect so much of ourselves, I guess, when we're in a new destination? Because probably if you were at home, you would also be more relaxed, you know, you wouldn't be doing being like, oh, I need to see everything, I need to meet everyone, to do everything. What's something that you could, I don't know, be gentler on with yourself as you were adjusting? Is that one for you, Eric? <laughs> Why? Eric, any thoughts? No. Well, it again comes down to planning and over planning, and maybe uh, I sometimes plan too much. I put too much on the plate to do, and in the end, I don't do anything. So, so you have to realize that you need to rest and do some chill activities. So, like recently, like I made my some list that some things that I have to do every day. Mm -hmm. But after two weeks, I realized that. One of them doesn't make sense, I deleted it. And then after another week, I deleted two more items. Ooh, yeah. So that helped a lot because mm. I started to focus on things that actually can be helpful in the long term, but also they don't stress me out too much. So kind of identifying those values that are most important. Yeah, exactly. For you. You, well, yeah, you have to always play around those values or activities or whatever you call it to see what's working best in the mid, in the short term, long term. Yeah, I make sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Other people have different approaches? No, I need to take some lessons from Eric. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I rent my room? <laughs> well, we can exchange. <laughs> No, true. I don't know, because for me, planning was something like, oh, it would limit myself. What if something goes in another direction? So I need this kind of flexibility. And like any kind of planning is good once you leave some room for some uncertainties well, yeah, and yeah, the spontaneous things. That's how you realize, but well, it's a bit easy <laughs> to, to make it true. planning as well. <laughs> um, I spent maybe two weeks before starting actually doing something, <laughs> something real. I just was planning, doing spreadsheets, <laughs> making them pretty for me. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> User friendly. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, you shouldn't be harsh on yourself, that's what I learned, because one day you are super productive are outperforming yourself and another day you just don't want to don't don't feel like doing anything you just want to lay in your bed you don't even want to go out or not even i don't know do basic <laughs> fulfill basic needs mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, and it's perfectly fine i think uh, whenever the the point is to balance those things, I think, and uh, listen to your body and listen to your brain and listen to your heart as well, and see if you are aligned with all these three yourself. And uh, I think if if you do that, everything will be fine in the end. Yeah. 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 Y
I actually like that concept of like checking in with yourself because I think that's part of it. Sometimes you just start going in one pattern and you don't really think about it. And then if it is out of alignment, you just start getting upset or frustrated. You're like, what's going wrong? Whereas, yeah, maybe if you are the planner style, you kind of can take something out. If you're the not planner style, you can kind of be like, oh, maybe I can think in advance for a week or a couple days instead of like really long term. I know for me too, it's something where I like to research a lot. Also, I would say both with like thesis kind of stuff and like places I like to learn about it, but not necessarily to fix me into one route, just so that I have understanding for when I make a decision. I'm like, oh, I'm making at least a somewhat educated decision based on what I've found out. But again, things can always go a different way. So you have to have that, that flexibility and balance. I appreciate all of this real deal sharing. I'm bringing it back to the Spain, Spain concept as the country destination. I'm curious, since we've all now been in the north, a little bit far north, a little bit far south, are there any other destinations that are on your bucket list that whether you could get to them this year or later that you would really love to visit in Spain? has been promoting Rioja. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sponsor, yes, another another Vino sponsorship. Yes, specifically read the wine of Rioja and I think that's worth visiting. And um, I haven't been to any islands mm, yes. no, no Canary Islands. I think these are something that you should visit in your lifetime. That would be amazing. I didn't even really think about the fact that Spain had some islands with them for until I got here. <laughs> what about other destinations? For me too, islands are now on the bucket list. Mm -hmm. I don't have like destinations within the mainland on my bucket list. In the short term and in the middle term, is it mm. say it? Yeah, in sure. the long term, I still don't know. I didn't plan. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what will come there? I feel like well, is it Toledo? Is that how you say it? One of my friends, shout out to Julia. Um, she recently visited, not that Julia, but also shout out to our other Julia. No, but she just visited uh, Toledo, which I was, I thought was so beautiful. I guess it's close, not too far from Madrid. And I just saw the green grass and such. And I was comparing it to here down south and thinking, wow, it looks so lush and so different. and. I just think it's cool that there's so many different areas. I think we were lucky to be able to explore more of Andalusia and then also Catalonia. I feel like we saw a lot of, all of us did. Um, so I feel like, yeah, I kind of want to look into more of the middle, but I don't know if it's specific cities, just places that maybe you don't hear about as often when you're looking at Spain as a destination. What about you, Veronica? No, I was inspired by dinner. <laughs> Regarding Basque Country. No, I really wanted to see San Sebastián uh, that area. Also, it's, it's so different from the rest of Spain, I guess. Basque language and traditions. And yeah, the islands would be really nice to see. And I realized that they visited uh, so far south regions. <laughs> wow! So, <laughs> yeah, it's a must of Spain. Well, kind of must of Spain. Um, 
That's so impressive. far so good. Mm-hmm. I would say, wow, ahead of the curve. <laughs> well, now I'm also motivated to visit the Basque country since Dinara promoted it and Veronica got promoted from there. Yeah. And also recently. But well, you haven't visited it. Hi, Edu, we are waiting to visit you. Also recently, there was a band from the Basque country who was performing in Barcelona. There was a oh. concert and I visited it. And it was so good, like their language, well, we don't understand anything, but the singers were good and it was so good. So, yeah, I think I have reasons to put that on my bucket list in the long term. Ooh, in long term. I also remember when we were initially doing some research for the Camino de Santiago. Oh, right. It goes through so many different regions. And I remember looking at maybe Asturias and also Galicia. Asturias close to, yes. I just remember seeing that apple cider or like cider being poured from a very high <laughs> high level like a stool down into the glass which looked impressive <laughs> we did that degustation oh my gosh and i hear san sebastian is a big foodie destination oh yeah oh my gosh so oh that's another question what's your favorite food in spain that you've had and yeah because we've been having a lot of tapas down here but there's also like food in the catalonia region in other ones we visited. <laughs> I can say for down here, I really love like the pork, the Iberian pork cheek that they're always making, things like that. I don't know if it's just from this region, but it's very popular here. It's served almost everywhere. So delicious, very, very tender meat. It's just really good. Um, but yeah, gosh, what else? Yes, the North is very popular for its seafood. Oh, yes. And also octopus. Oh, oh that, that's a delicious yeah. dish. And all types of tapas, as you can imagine here or in the, in the North as well. Carqueras, paradas bravas, mm-hmm. tortilla, Valencia is famous for paella. But this is all typical. Things that everybody knows about Spain. Tinto de Verano? Yes! <laughs> Down drinks. here? These are the drinks. Here. Sangria? Uh-huh. Sangria, yeah. <laughs> it's all amazing. Oh, uh. Koenig specialty? Why can I not think of that? Oh, yes. Tisana! Oh, right. <laughs> it blinked my but mind. This, Another. This thing is typical with your own. It's only, only Catalonia. Like a, oh. yeah, cava based fruit cocktail of sorts. Mm-hmm. Very good. This thing is typical only in the MTM circle. I don't think it's a big deal for <laughs> Girona citizens. Yeah. Now, some natives uh, haven't heard about that. So exactly. I think you just exactly. <laughs> But yeah, it's hard. I guess it's hard to pick. There's so many delicious foods. At their yeah, each region has stuff that I'm sure we haven't even tried. Okay, so that one's too hard. Last question as we're wrapping up. What is one of your favorite things about Spain? The language. I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> it's still one of the, the weather. Um, the beautiful things that I've ever heard from people speaking or singing in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Weather. Weather. Elaborate. Not now. Not now. <laughs> I was actually kind of surprised to see cloudy and rainy weather in Barcelona. That was not on my plans, definitely. Yeah, but I like the weather in general. But it was rainy. So 
Det var så fantastiskt att ha det med dig. Maybe come back in August and tell us what you think. We never know this. No, but actually, my most favorite is the language and Veronica already mentioned it. You can repeat it. Yeah. It's all it's all your you personal feelings. Yes. <laughs> also the language, and you're also trying to learn, so that's good. I would say for me, I really like the cultural diversity of Spain. I guess I have been reading up on it more recently, just the history that I guess I didn't really look into at depth in depth before, and I was just like, wow, it's so cool. It was cool in this region how there was many different, as you said before, different influences from Islamic or Christian architecture and different rulers, but also just like seeing all the different regions and how they've maintained their cultural identity is really interesting because it does mean that you can go to one city even but like one region in Spain and have a completely different experience than if you go to a different one which i think is pretty cool especially in this world of needing you know passports or visas and such like if you want to explore one country that has a lot of yeah. different things it's a good it's a good one i agree um, my answer was quite similar to that but also very different i was going to say the natural the landscape diversity of Spain as we were discussing that uh, when, like it has everything basically you, you can go to the beach whenever you want you can go ski uh, deep in the mountains you can have forests you can have uh, islands any kind of environment you can think of I think Spain has it that's true I didn't even think about that it's pretty wild Oh, and I came up with something else. Mm. I think it's all about like friendliness and hospitality. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you can actually make very close friends with local people that fast, but still you feel, once you come, you feel more comfortable when people greet you, or they're happy to see you, and they call you like, my heart, <laughs> my darling, mm-hmm. and beautiful, hey guapa. Guapa! <laughs> yes, so, and only like hearing that, you feel much better. No, that's true. I think like there is, we've talked about it some, like of course there's administration and adjusting to a new country or city when you move there, but I do feel like it is very laid back in many places and that feeling of just, ah, like you can breathe in some ways, you know, you can still find some hustle culture in some of the bigger cities, you can find opportunities, but you can also find places that are just slower paced of life and yeah again maybe it does take time to get to know people but people are very friendly and i appreciate that coming from the midwest i like like when people are friendly on the streets so it's so nice people actually smile people smile (laughs) people smile you can smile and people will smile back oh i love it so i guess i'm just wanting to close up by thanking you guys for joining this has been a lovely real discussion with also some fun chats and just can't wait to see what you guys do next thank you so much and Best oh, yeah. thank you very much. Like as I already said, you were the part of the big reason that we related to Sevilla so much. So we're really thankful that you hosted us and you were so hospitable. 
And thus we end in tears. <laughs> <laughs> all right, a final cheers before we close out. <laughs> to España and all of its regions. <laughs> Thank you so much. And we hope you uh, will see us soon on the next, or listen in soon on our next podcast. With our next guest. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Urban Bitch Tourism. Stay tuned for our next episodes with many amazing guests. And please check us out on our social media page for Instagram at Urban Bitch Tourism for regular updates.